Bible study time here on Faith FM. Let's get into it before we do. We've got another clue for our quiz. Before we do that, a uh, quick reminder that uh, if you are listening to the radio today and it is not Wednesday and you are wondering why, why are they talking about Wednesday, that's because you're listening to the, to the delayed broadcast. And if you would like to listen to the live the live show as it is going out live, then the way to do that is to get the Faith FM app. That's the one. Faith FM app, it's the best. You can listen to the radio, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to all of your favourite shows. You can listen to them when you want to listen to them rather than when we are broadcasting them even. You can listen to the breakfast show for lunch or dinner. Brilliant. Absolutely. Options, that's what we like. Options, <laughs> options, options on the app. And now it's time for our Bible study. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 to 38. We are going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we're going to talk about baptism by water and look at the relationship between these two baptisms. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 to 38. Mm-hmm. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay, so when we talk about Jesus and his baptism, because it talks about the word that comes out, you know, so you've, you've kind of got a sequence here. You've got the word that comes, and then you've got the Holy Spirit that comes after John the Baptist. So John the Baptist you know, brings the message, then the Holy Spirit comes, and then Jesus comes, and then Jesus is baptized by the Holy Spirit. So we find, when, okay, so when was Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit? Do you mean what age? Or what event? Before his ministry. Yeah, for his ministry. What event? When, what event? Oh, at, at his baptism. At his baptism, yeah. that's right. So know. at his baptism, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not making my question clear. So Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit at mm. his baptism. Mm. When did he receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? At the same time. No. No? No. I'm going to disagree with you. Interesting. Okay, yes. Okay, because I'm going to argue here that baptism by the Holy Spirit and anointing by the Holy Spirit and the giving of gifts are not necessarily all one and the same thing. Yeah, I can go. Okay, so here's what I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that baptism of the Holy Spirit is what takes place at the time of conversion. Okay. We get baptized by water because we've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Quick question. What about the people who were baptized by water without knowing about the Holy Spirit? Oh, she's throwing curly ones this morning. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay, so that's... Should we go down that rabbit hole? Let's go down that rabbit hole. Okay. Acts chapter 19. Sorry, I totally have taken Acts you off somewhere Acts chapter else. 19. Yeah, Acts chapter 19. We'll get back to our Bible study. Let's, let's, let's look at this one. This is actually a really cool story. Uh, I think it's Acts 19, is it? Yeah. It is indeed, yeah. Verse 1, please. And it happened when Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Um, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Okay, stop there. All right. This is an interesting passage. Mm. John's traveling around. Uh, sorry, Paul is traveling around doing his preaching thing, and he meets some disciples. It's interesting the Bible uses the word disciples here. Mm. 
these are followers. The word disciple means followers, but who are they followers of? John. John, God, yeah, but not Jesus. So he's found disciples. In other words, they are, these guys are true believers. Mm. And he asked them whether they have received the Holy Spirit. And they're like, what is this? <laughs> what is the Holy Spirit? Mm. Which is kind of bizarre. Mm. You know, how do you become, these are truly converted people. They've been baptized by water. And they have not received the Holy Spirit because, well, they have received the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back to that. But they've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so they're like, oh, what's the Holy Spirit? So he teaches them about the Holy Spirit, uh, gives them a Bible study on that subject. And the Bible says, Paul said, John truly baptized with baptism of repentance um, so that you should believe on him, which is to come after that Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they'd been to Palestine. They'd met John the Baptist before Jesus came along. They're like, yes, we're going to give our lives to God. We're going to make a full surrender. We're going to get baptized. Uh, they are truly converted people. The Bible describes them as disciples. That's a truly mm. converted person, which means that the Holy Spirit has baptized them. They've, they've received the Holy Spirit. But what does it mean for... They've just never heard of the Holy Spirit. But what does it mean for then it says... What does it say? And when Paul had laid on... To, had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Mm -hmm. So that's just an extra bit of ability to this is This is a really good question right here. Absolutely. This is what I find in the Bible. Baptism of the Holy Spirit and the receiving of gifts of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. go together but can be separate. Yes. Okay, got you. And the reason I say that is that the Holy Spirit can give gifts at any time he wants. He is God. <laughs> yes. He is not bound by what we do. Mm. There's nothing in the Bible that says, you know, there's this law. The Holy Spirit can only ever give you gifts when you are baptized by water or before you're baptized by water. No, the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives gifts severally as he wills. Mm. In other words, that's old English way of saying whenever and however he wants. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, is the experience of conversion. Hmm. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is what causes you to receive a change in your life. And so I would argue that these people have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When they are baptized by water and they hear about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's like, okay, now that you know about Jesus Christ... Hmm. I'm going to give you this gift, this gift, and this gift because you are now going to be go and go and become witnesses about Jesus Christ. Mm. So there are extra gifts that are poured out at this particular <coughs> at this particular point. Sorry. So if you think about the disciples, for instance, and you ask yourself the question, okay, when were the disciples baptized? The disciples were baptized, you know, by John the Baptist. Mm. When did they receive gifts of the Holy Spirit? Three and a half years later at Pentecost. Mm. There's a time gap there between those two events. And, you know, possibly not all of them were converted there originally. Um, Peter, you know, J Jesus certainly says about Peter, he's like, mm, when you're converted. <laughs> However, there is a relationship between water baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Often what we find is that when a person goes forward in water baptism. I would say typically what we find is when a person goes ahead in water baptism, there is an extra outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay. 
and there are extra gifts that are given and they may not be immediately apparent, but often they are. And the person is emboldened in a new way after water baptism to go out and share Jesus Christ with others. And so you do have this connection between these two events. Now, of course, water baptism is a symbol that conversion has taken place. Mm -hmm. It's a symbol of death, burial, resurrection. So uh, the Bible describes Jesus went down into the water, and then when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, the Father spoke from heaven, etc. So Jesus was baptized in the water. He wasn't baptized beside the water or near the water or um, have a few drops sprinkled on him. He wasn't baptized as a baby or any of that kind of stuff. Um, he was baptized um, in the water as a decision that he was able to make himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't made for him by his parents. And he is the example to us in all things, and we should follow that example. And um, he had an anointing by the Holy Spirit at that particular point to do his ministry. That doesn't mean that he had not been ministering previous to this. Of course, we have the record of when he ministered in the temple at 12 years old. And it doesn't mean that Jesus was converted at this particular point because Jesus was never unconverted. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that is different between Jesus and us. Okay, where are we up to? Let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the baptism of Jesus. Matthew 3, verse 16 17. says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So I just want to speak to uh, our listeners today and I want to ask you this question. Have you been baptized? And if you have not been baptized in water as an adult, then why not consider it? When you think about this for a moment, how would you feel if God spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son or this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased? I don't know about you, but I would feel pretty special. I know. <laughs> you know? And the simple reality is that when we follow Jesus' example in baptism, that is exactly what the Father says. Mm. The Bible says that the Father in heaven breaks out in singing when we do that. That's cool. That is. Mm. It's cool that we can do something here on earth that actually affects, that stimulates God to sing. Mm. Fully. You know? It's just like, Wow. I was involved in that. <laughs> you know, there was a concert just took, took place and the father was singing and the angels were singing and they were celebrating my decision. Mm. So that's pretty special right there. I think it's cool. I mean, this might be a little bit of a side tent, but I think it's amazing that he has this before he has gone into the wilderness, right? He goes, <clears throat> he, you know, fast for 40 days. It's not after he's completed this that God is like, oh, yes, I'm pleased with you. Does that make sense? Like as Absolutely. A human, That's a, a really good point. You're my son in whom I'm well pleased, like my beloved son, before he faces this thing. Because I think sometimes we expect that. Because as humans, often that's our experience. It's if I do a good job, then I get the, oh, yes, you did that well. Oh, yes, I, you know, whereas God kind of sets him up to win. I mean, he was always going to be a bit set up to win, but 
there's a there's a there's a there's a lesson there for us, I think, in the way that we interact with other people and mm. with you know children as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's also salvation by grace right there because God looks to us and goes, "It's not about what you're going to do and succeed in that I will therefore save you because of." It's not that He's like, "No, no, no. This is what I do." And it was what God did that gave Jesus the strength to be able to withstand those temptations. Absolutely. Because when, when the devil comes to him and says, you know, if you're the son of God, mm-hmm. he's like, well, you know what? Hold I remember. On. I was I know. baptized a few uh, <laughs> days ago and the father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So I'm pretty sure I'm the son of God. So you don't need to be saying if. Mm-hmm. There's no if about this. I am the son of God. Mm-hmm. And I am God. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Fully 100% God. Oh, yeah, Acts 2, verse 38 to 42, please, Minnie. Acts 2, 38 to 42. Okay. 38 to 42? That's it. Okay, so then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Okay, so what, are these, what, 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 what relationship do we see here between baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit? Or, or the receiving, the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's direct. I mean, in verse thirty-eight, it's it's blatantly be baptized and you shall receive. It's like a, this follow-on effect. You read something like that, and it does kind of, uh, you know, have that 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 feel to it that baptism becomes before receiving the Holy Spirit. Mm. We've been saying all along that. Baptism happens because we've received the Holy Spirit. And what I see here is um, hmm. there's a, you, know, you don't have to be baptized to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to be converted and surrendered. Yes. But baptism, when you publicly declare what has taken place, then that gives God room to move in your life in a new way. You've given him permission, and that's when God can really in a very powerful way, mm. cause the Holy Spirit to fall, fall, you know, to fall on a person. Mm. Uh, baptism is one of those things that we primarily see as a New Testament issue. Um, it does predate Christianity because the Jewish people did, fo- did practice a form of baptism, which was ritual cleansing. Uh, but baptism, you know, as it comes across to Christianity, is you know, different from what you might find, say, for instance, if you go back to the time of, the, of Saul. Mm. And you read, the, you read the story of King Saul and the Bible talks about how Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit and Saul prophesied and Saul was one of the prophets. And we often don't think of King Saul as being one of the prophets mm. because we don't have any of his prophecies actually written down, but the Bible says that he was. And you know, all of the people in the Old Testament who were prophets, you know, they didn't make that gift up themselves. They have that gift because, because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Where are you up to? Let's, uh, let's go to... Let's continue on. And let's look at the purpose of the gifts. 
What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 is where we are going to start. Ephesians 4 verse 11. We read this verse, I think it was this verse, a day or two ago, did we? Mm, we did. did. Okay, let's read it again. And he himself, that being God, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, I'm assuming. Ah, okay, right. stop there for a moment. So he's given a whole bunch of different gifts here. Mm-hmm. Prophets, pastors, teachers, etc. So he's given these different gifts. Mm-hmm. Why did he give them? For what? What's your next word? For. Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. the next word is for. So now mm-hmm. the Bible is going to tell you what the gifts are for. So for what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What is edifying? Uplifting, encouraging, strengthening, a yeah. sort of tangent. <laughs> okay, so absolutely. So the Holy Spirit is given for basically the spiritual growth of God's church. Mm. All right, what's the next ver- The next word, the next word? Till. Okay, so what's that going to tell you in this verse then? There's something coming after. Yeah, so they're given for this purpose till mm-hmm. it's now going to tell you how long the gifts of the Spirit are going to remain with God's church. Mm-hmm. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You there yet? Nah. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> is, is the church there yet? Not at all. Are we all there yet? Is Christianity there yet? No, it's not. So the gifts of the Spirit are here to stay. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay. Uh, what were we talking about? We had a question. We had a question that came through during the break. I said that Jesus was baptized as an adult and that because I said that Jesus was baptized as an adult and we should follow the example of Jesus, can only adults be baptized? My answer to that is that only people of understanding can be baptized. The issue is understanding and conversion and giving your life to Jesus Christ. Mm. The Bible says to him that knows to do to do righteousness and does it not, it is sin. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the difference between right and wrong, i.e. a newborn baby, then there is no point in being baptized. Mm. If you don't know Jesus Christ and if you don't know how to surrender to Jesus Christ, it makes a farce out of baptism. Because baptism is a symbol of death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we find in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. <coughs> So, yeah, probably the first six verses of, of Romans chapter 6 are excellent reading on this particular subject because baptism is a symbol that who we are has died, the old person has died, that person has been buried, and we have now been resurrected as a new person in Jesus Christ. That is meaningless to a baby or even a toddler. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah. Or even a toddler. And so we need to be of an age of understanding and Jesus was baptized at an age of understanding. And so that's that's the prerequisite there. There is nothing wrong with children being baptized. They just need to be an, of an age of understanding. Mm. So hopefully that uh, question has been answered and is now right, clear. Where are we up to in our Bible study? We're talking about edifying of the body we, of Christ. Until, yes, until we've all reached the fullness <laughs> of the stature of the... <laughs> Knowledge of God. 
Um, that must have been what about verse twelve? Yeah, thirteen is that one. Thirteen is that one? Okay. Uh, why don't you give for us verse fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen? Mm-hmm. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Okay, quite the um, Pauline tongue twister there. <laughs> Yeah, we probably should, of course. We, we, we probably should stop and, and, and just maybe work our way down through that. Okay, for we henceforth are no more children tossed to and fro and, fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. I've got the older translation than yours. Mm. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. It's the interesting language, a very colourful language that Paul is using right here. Clearly there were some devious people in the mm. early Christian church who were doing some devious things with Christianity. Uh, is Christianity much different today? No, no. it's actually not. It's uh, pretty crazy, isn't it? Mm. It's, uh, you will find every wind of doctrine that, and that you can even begin to imagine mm. that is blowing around out there amongst Christianity at this particular time. Uh, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. When the Bible says that Jesus is the head, what kind of language is the Bible using there? What, what, is it, what, does, it, uh, what does it point us towards? Jesus is the head. So what is everything else? Where do you fit into that equation? Not the if head. Je- okay, you're not the head. All right, so where do you fit in? Well, somewhere underneath. Somewhere Some underneath? other part. <laughs> Some other part. And so when the Bible says that Jesus is the head, then clearly it's a reference to the body of Christ. Absolutely. And when the Bible references the body of Christ, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the week about diversity mm. um, and how we have all the different members and how everybody is different and that we need to be celebrating our differences, that we need to be enjoying our differences, that we need to... Um, look for what it is that is um, really I, our particular calling mm. and uh, what our skills are, what our gifts are, and whereabouts in the body of Christ God has placed us. Mm. Yes. Okay. Verse 16. The Bible continues on with this concept of the body. It says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. So here Paul takes this illustration of the body and if you get a body and it's spread spread all over the place in different parts, it's not really going to do much good, is it? No, no. (laughs) No, it needs to be properly joined together to be able to work. Mm. And sometimes as Christians... We tend to get spread all over the place, mm. and unless we become a an, a, a, an intentionally become a part of the body of Christ, our witness will have no power at all. 